Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. Are you ready now? Oh, I'm sure this is math. Tom. <laughs> Robert. Yeah. Well, all right, fellas. Well, let's go. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? So here's the deal. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have Tesla. I remember that. You've got a Model X. seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. It's talking Tesla 51, and uh, it's time to get busy. I want to bury the lead a bit because, of course, the lead is... The autopilot updates and all that stuff. But before we get there, let's talk about a few things first. Otherwise, people are just not going to listen to the rest of the show. Yeah, that's true. They'll just tune us out. Cause all I care about is autopilot. That's all you care about? That's all I care about. I want to get in the car and put the seat back into my comfort mode setting and uh, pull out my laptop and drive well, to work. We are getting closer, but we'll talk about it in a little while. First of all, I would like to do a series of rants, if that's okay with you. Oh, please. Uh <laughs> First of all, on the Model X, why the can't I charge, open the charge port on my Model X without opening the front door? So uh, I'm at home, Model X is there, the wife said, can you fill up the car with electrons for me? And yeah, she's from Long Python. I walk over there and you're supposed to push the little door button and it doesn't open. I got my key in my, my fob in my pocket. I have to open the front door, the car turns on. Then it'll open up, and then I plug it in. What the hell's up with that? Am I the only Model X owner with this issue? I think you might be incorrect, because what cause what I do on the S uh-huh. is I take the fob, mm-hmm. and I hold the button down of the trunk right next to the door, and it pops open. Yes. Okay, we'll try that after <laughs> the show. Obviously, we don't actually spend any time together outside no. of this studio. No, no we don't. Why would we? No. we don't share any Tesla tips and tricks. So that sounds tricks. like a good fun fact. And you know why it's a problem? Because that's the way the guy showed me how to do it, and he couldn't make it open either. So basically the no, guy you that- hold the trunk on the fob. Count to five. I got it. And it- Bing! So, you know, Tesla why has- Why didn't- Two sensors. There's two sensors on the Model S. X, I haven't tested this out. Just two. Two sensors for your key. So if your key doesn't seem to be working, like it's in your pocket, I have a wallet that's actually made out of stainless steel. So it can block the signal pretty well. I'm showing this here. Whoops. Why do you have a wallet made out of stainless steel? He's afraid of RFID thieves, apparently. That would that would, probably does work for that, but I bought it because it looked cool, and it's now lasted me for five years, which is the longest of any wallet I've ever owned. Got but it. So I take it out of my pocket, and on the driver's side, the C pillar, that's the pillar that's behind the passenger, the rear passenger seat along the hatch. If you look at that pillar there, on the top two-thirds, so you go up two-thirds, there's a sensor buried in the in the side of the window inside outside inside it's in there but if you hold your key right by there and you hold down that rear button count to five the charger port will open if you ever have a problem with your key not opening the car like for example you drive to mount wilson mount wilson beautiful this time of year it is amazing view it's like uh, many thousands of feet up i above. walked up at once 14 Did you? and down yes it was a very long day you're an animal well i am that's true did you take a shower 
before or during? I don't know. Lately. Uh, I went to- <laughs> <laughs> Lately. It was a separate wow. question. <laughs> totally separate. It's weird. So I went to Mount Wilson. In fact, a group of the, the LA Tesla Club went up there, and all of our cars would not open or start. Oh, my God. Because the radio signals up there are so intense that the cars wouldn't work. So there's another place where you can put your key fob, and that is right where the mirror is mounted to the windshield. There's another sensor in that region. The rear vision mirror? Yeah, it's kind of up in that area. Uh And then if you really are screwed, you can put your uh, uh, fob on the dash right up against the glass, kind of towards the middle is the best way to describe it. And that will also kind of get the car going without having to use the uh, active radio signal of the key fob. It, there's actually some passive, like, switch system that goes on. In mine, uh, so 2014, so same as yours, there's mm-hmm. also another one where they say if your battery is low on your fob, you put it in the cup holder in that area. There's yeah. another one there. So there's a number of, like, key spots where you can put your key. But to get the rear charge port open, five seconds Push the trunk button on your key fob. If you're having a problem, move it towards that C-pillar. You know what we need to have on Talking Tesla on the YouTube channel? We need to have these tricks and tips. Robert's tricks and tips and go video them. Coming soon to a Talking Tesla near you. Robert's Robert's tips. I think I I I might have mentioned that first. Here's my next uh, rant. Um, (laughs) Why can't I customize the screen and put it where I want it? What does that mean? Uh, my heads-up display and stuff, uh, and the big screen. I just want to be able to customize that a little bit. I want to move the charging emblem over here, and I want the date over there. It should be so easy to do in an app. I can just customize the way it looks. I would like that. Is that too much to ask, Tom? Is it? It's not too much to mm. ask, but you can't do it, as far yeah. as I know. Is Unless it coming? You're... Is there any word on it? Customizable? In fact, you've got this giant screen. I could turn it into something that is yeah, good I've for always, Mel. I've always wanted to do a few things, like to when, when you've got the split screen in the center console with the map on the top, and you go to work your music, and then the music comes up and it takes up half the screen, yeah. who the hell needs that? Right. Make the music take up a quarter or a sixth of the screen and have more map visible. But you could turn it off, and then you can just see the music in your heads up. That's true, too. Right? But if you do that, you can put your map in there yeah it depends but this leads us to actually kind of an unscheduled talk which is about updating the software to version 8.0 and it's coming very soon soon yeah soon we don't want to let's talk about that in a second i'm finished my rants oh i got more rants we got a few more um there's a list i need a couple of model threes today uh why the f can i have them you skipped one oh (laughs) Why did, I was going to leave that one to the end. Tom. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. It'll be the point of emphasis at that, the end. That's okay? good. Yeah, that's good. I really need a Model 3. To, I need a couple of them right now. Why? Well, because we've got these situations where there's people doing a lot of commuting. and um, Which people? Uh, Jess and Dave, who live in Fresno but come here every day. Fres, yes. And they are burning all of the fossil fuels. And I'm like, go get an effing Model 3. And then I realize... It doesn't exist. That's uh-huh. true. Oh, let's. Why don't you go buy a Bolt? Oh, it doesn't that's not going to make it. What are they it? driving currently? Uh, some gas guzzling Audi piece of piss. Why don't they just <laughs> trade it in and buy a used three? She's a doctor. Used three doesn't I exist. I mean, a used S. Well, discussions are ongoing, but it is a problem because that's we need that car that's about thirty five thousand dollars, not that car that's a hundred thousand dollars. Forty seven. Yeah. Forty-seven. Actually, I just Tom and I down. were just looking at. Uh, you can get it eighty-five now for forty-seven on the website. It doesn't have everything in it, and maybe it has beige something you don't like on it. Right. But I don't know. 
Oh, I have you a, can get uh, them. But they're out there. But the seats, no matter what color they are, are going to feel the weight of your butt when you hit that gas pedal, true. man. Oh, I'm driving a rental 85 2016, or my wife got a rental 85 2016. Yeah. Holy crap, that car is fast. Does it have lewd, or is it a D? It's not. It's just a straight 85 on the back, and it is I don't even know why you would need an L, a D, a P, right. any of the oh, other no. numbers. A thing is super fast. It's got those that that f- leather trim with the weird fabric center in the seat or whatever. I must know, like that sounds one. like it could be a performance version because it doesn't have anything on the back of it, but it just yeah. has the like it doesn't have the full leather. It has the piping on internal. The seat. No, no, no. It just oh. doesn't have. It has the leather trim and then that inner that multicolored fabric. Sort of inside yeah. okay. thing, and the thing is fast. It, okay, so I get in this rental car, and I'm sorry to interrupt your rant a no, little fine. bit. No, yeah, it's fine. I get in there. I have a I question get, to ask you. It's faster than your S that you already own. Oh my god! Because my S. Well, first off, the S we own is a sixty. So yes, yeah. it has a lot more. There's more available energy in the eighty-five kilowatt hour. Well, that's hour not battery. how it works. That's no. A it actually, it's one hundred percent how it works. No, you're wrong. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> that battery size has nothing to do with how many electrons I can it put across the motor. It has to do with available Tom, energy. Don't you realize it's not size that matters; it's how you use it. <laughs> it's available energy. <laughs> what you're not putting Max the ad- available energy? No, but that's different from the size of the battery. That's this: how much charge you can, how many, how much. I'm with Mel on this one. Voltage right. you can put across the motor. It's just what you've been drinking. But it anyways, seems yes, faster. it's faster. It so doesn't seem the- faster. It actually is faster, and it may be upgraded motors. I don't know the. Well, they have upgraded question. the motors a number of times, so yeah. the 60 may have had less juice across. I'm just saying subjectively, it's faster. But maybe, my point is maybe your I, got, wife. I got in it, and I, I hit the autopilot button. It said, it's a rental. It's from Enterprise. Would you like to start your free trial? Why, of course I would. <laughs> <laughs> so TikTok Enterprise, the autopilot trial has begun. <laughs> That's funny. Enterprise is running Teslas. There's so much to that story. We could. I want to hear more, but first I want to hear. I want to hear everything that upsets you, Mel. Uh, yeah. I've got a few more. This is. Please. I'm just going to whip so through you this. You can't very have quickly. a Model Three today because they're not built. They, they don't exist. Okay. The Bolt is not going to get it done because it's not going to have enough range. And yeah, well, where's the CCS charge? Two hundred miles. How far is Fresh? Yes. Uh, 215 miles. Perfect. They can totally make it. Where are they going to charge? Where's the CCS charger? I got to look that up. They don't even. They haven't Trader even Joe's. guaranteed whether or not it's going to have CCS in it yet. They haven't decided on it that. Does. Have they? I it saw does. It. Oh, you saw he it. He saw it. Okay. We're going to get to that too. So they went with that instead of Chatham. Although most of the Chatham. It's just ha- impossible to get any shit done on this show. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, let me I'll finish. Just we really finish. We really want to hear you, Mel. Apology for last week. I mastered the show last week. For those of you that were listening to the lovely interview that Tom did with the lovely Katie, it was a little peaky, a little bit high, a little bit low because my uh, plug-in for mastering had expired and I didn't notice. So I'm sorry if it hurt your ears. It because I was listening recording? to the show and it's like, why is this peaking? It's because I screwed it up. And then, uh, Tom, please give us an update. What are you buying? What about your last rant? We're going to get to that. Okay. No, I don't, I don't want to talk about what I'm buying anymore. All right. I'm, oh. I'm upset Then with I'll you finish people. my rant. Please. I Here's want- my last rant. Why did they put those f- wings in that stupid f- X? Wow. There's cursing going on. People, people are That's not happy. Why did they do it? What, 
What specifically happened? Did the did the family crush mode get inactivated again on you, Melvis? No, I just every time I look at them, I just ask myself, why, why, Elon? What were you what, thinking? What is it specifically now? It's just it's the same stuff. It's they're big and they're heavy, and how do you manually close them? And yes, it's easy to get stuff in there, but I could have engineered it myself way better. Not really, but still. <laughs> can I can I buy you a stick? You know, like a stick you can just put in there for safety every time you get in and out. Did you yeah. want it to have? Grandma's like a- gonna have to have airbags on her head because it's gonna. Hurt what her. was the only option? Minivan doors, correct? Am I wrong about that? Like or, to, to make it here's accessible. Here's an idea. Yeah, and how he, about, there was no way he was putting minivan doors on his sexy ex. Yeah, and, how about know, doors? How about a thing called doors? <laughs> Doors. So then it would have had like three levels of doors, three doors, a big door, <laughs> a big oh. door that swings out so far you need three parking spaces, <laughs> and and that hinge Look, also breaks. <laughs> you know, it's not I, my my problem to work out how to do it. Just do it. So why, you know, just yesterday, I with a couple of other members of the Tesla Club LA were at the Los Angeles Drive National Drive Electric Week event. It's at the Coliseum. That's a st- Stupid name. National Drive Electric Week. Right. I love those people. They're it, doing great things. But you need to fix your logo and your T-shirt. Yeah. Okay. And your name. And so we're there, and we set up five Teslas in an array in the on the lawn. It was really nice. It was a red, white, and blue. I actually oh, tweeted it. You might have seen cute. that. Nice. And uh, yeah, well, it was 9-11. September 11th. Right? Yeah, no, I got it. And I was telling I got people reference. how good it is. I was guilting them into realizing that none of my dollars are traveling into the Middle East and then into the coffers of any terrorists. Wow, you went petrodollars. Wow. So anyway, we set up these five cars. There were like three roadsters, which is really great because all these people were coming by saying, what is that? Tesla's now making a roadster. That is so sexy. I want to get one. How do we order it? I've been asleep for 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) And there was my S and then there was an X. And so people are kind of coming around, but as soon as the X doors go up, it's like... Honey to bees. Yes. They are or nectar to bees. People, kids, people are coming all over and they're like, let me see them go up. Let me see them go up. So Jason actually put like stickers or, or signs on the door handles that say, do not touch. Because <laughs> he didn't want to do like a product testing of his doors all day long. Though I do find that there is one good reason to have those doors is that it is true. Every time you open those doors up in any parking lot, usually kids and old men come up and go, what the hell is that? That is so cool. And then you talk to them about electric vehicles. That is the only good use of those doors, by the way. Oh, and they are easy to get into. But they will kill you. And you can't manually close them. I like and the, I wish they had different ones. I like the walnut but crushing sure. feature. <clears throat> the non-Falcon wing door X option. Have you seen the you number know, I, of nut-cracking videos there are now? People putting in salami and yeah. small children and slicing them in half with a the doors. A watermelon. I mean, where's Gallagher in all of this? It is What the hell is wrong crazy. with you? <laughs> okay, let's talk about the Bolt before we get to the news of the yeah, week. Robert. The Bolt. Robert went to National Drive Electric Save the Planet Organizational Week. <laughs> Event. <laughs> I don't know what the hell Sponsored by the Sierra Club and OPEC, oddly enough, which is weird. OPEC. <laughs> no, not OPEC. I made that part up. You fool. Okay, so Robert, you saw the bolt. A I car that it. I'm getting actually more excited about as time goes on. I'm talk to us about it. I'm very excited about it. Although honestly it shouldn't be called the Chevrolet Bolt. It should be called the LG Bolt. Because essentially the car is made by in L- Korea mm-hmm. by LG. I didn't know that until I kind of stumbled upon that fact yesterday, and now I'm a little less excited about Chevrolet. So are they Chevrolet. making 
Why? The, they're making the battery? Are they making the... They're making the, all these things on this little picture that I downloaded oh, from the we web. Oh, the goodness. battery pack, the battery heater, the drive motor, the inverter, all the HVAC, that's the AC and heat, all of the power electronics, the entire interest, instrument display cluster, and all of the control systems for the car. By so American. the seats and the <laughs> body are about all that come from the United States because the tires don't. Jeez. That is uh, – yeah. all the wheels. Maybe. Well, I, maybe. It's, <laughs> those are probably China stamped in question. China. So the Bolt is the main – okay, the Bolt is the reason that I don't currently own an electric car because I'm confused about when it's going to come out, what my okay, options so are going to be, whether them. or not yeah. I'm going to be – where I'm going to want one if there's going to be some decent lease deals. The only thing that I've yet to see is a decent picture of the Bolt with a human being either in it or next to it to see how big the stupid thing is. Oh, it's not human being compatible. Robert was <laughs> inside the I car. Was, Tell it, us about I it. I put my grubby fingers all over it, and I even took some panoramic photos that I will share with you. Did you sit in the front seat? I sat in the front seat. I sat in the back seat. I sat in the back seat behind a guy who was six foot two uh-huh. and was sitting comfortably. I was sitting comfortably. Does it have a center hump? It does not. And here's a picture of my knees not touching the front seat with a six foot two guy in front of me. And you're six four, six five? I'm six four. That, so that's, that's pretty impressive. Impressive. You sit up higher, right? It's more of a tall car than it is a long or wide. And what they they did is they actually made the wheelbase incredibly long for a car this size, so that they could put the battery on the floor, much Tesla like. And uh, it made for the doors when you open the doors, both front and back. They open in such a way that you get a lot of space to swing your legs in. You don't have to like scoot yourself into the car. You just basically get in it's a big wide opening for both front and back seats big doors mel um i was just gonna say (laughs) hello that that was really good and so um it's really comfortable for the driver there's too many buttons i mean if you look at the dash there is so many buttons on that dash it kind of made me a little crazy coming from a tesla but what the chevy people say is that well that's the number one complaint of tesla owners is that there aren't any buttons and they have to do everything through the screen and there's i'm two like buttons you're full of shit that is not a complaint that people have there's it's actually a buttons. complaint that my wife has every what time she's in the problem? tesla you should she's get like rid of her. where are the knobby bits i like to fondle the knobby bits <laughs> uh, that's it i'm just saying but there are people who really hate that and it's like I, in a normal car, I can just turn the radio up and down instead of having to touch a touchscreen. And it really takes your eyes off the road a lot longer than it does if you've got a knob that you just twist. Do you, do you have a thumb? Okay, so that's <laughs> yes. a bad excuse. It's a paradigm <laughs> shift, right? It's a paradigm shift that comes with EVs. Tesla forces you to go not only into an EV mode, but into a next-gen car mode. The only thing that really bothers me, and I, I'm going to support your claim, your Please. wife's knobbly bits Thank claim, yes. is when I want to turn the fan up on the air conditioner. There's an example. As Perfect an example. example. You just change the temperature. Doesn't necessarily turn the fan, fan up. He wants to go to 11 on the fan. I want the fan to go from like 3 to 6. I got to hit the climate well, button. Well, then you're obviously not using auto mode. <sighs> Why am the I always doing to- it wrong? <laughs> 
You're holding it wrong. <laughs> Tom, I love you. I wouldn't want you to go to any other podcast. I think you're doing it perfect. But Gee, just thanks. use the auto mode. Go on, Robert. All right, what else? So this is good. I, this I is exciting, this, so it's a good size. I look get how wide the door opens, Herbert. Yeah, it's wonderful. I've got a panoramic, panoramic view. It's like dislocated the door. And so the rear view mirror, I saw this online. I didn't get to play with it because they wouldn't let me drive the car which was like the number one what? effing problem is that when I tried to interview people before they started with the reggae music and stuff in the background, which made interviewing impossible. Yeah, man, raga music. So I tried talking, I talked to a number of people and they said, well, it's nice looking car, but why can't I drive it? Why can't I drive it? Why can't I drive it? This is a working prototype they had there. Why the hell didn't they have people driving it? They don't want anyone to drive that car. They don't want anybody to buy this freaking car. And so let me tell you, I went back four times to show my son the inside of the car. We're passing the taco truck, going back, going back to the, the ice cream truck and back. And every time I go by and ask them, they're like, oh, yeah, the guy with the key is not here. And that's why it's locked. Really? Like you, there's the cops are parked two doors down with their Tesla Model S in black and white. You think somebody's going to come and steal your car? I mean, like, leave it open. Let people sit in it. Let people look at it. It was a fully operational uh, car, but no. So my my sense is that Chevy's not really giving a crap about selling this car. I can't imagine that's true. I can't either, but it just seems that way. I well, asked just because questions. they did a poor showing at the National Drive Electric Week this month, somewhere in uh, <laughs> September 11, 2016, so organization the entire event. Week. <laughs> National Drive Electric Week is now. Right now. It's happening. This is how we Can get people to... Can you smell it? It doesn't smell because there's no exhaust. It's electric. Good one. And so the rear view mirror is pretty cool. It has this 180 degree mode. So in other words, if you flip the rear view mirror, it becomes a screen with a 180 degree panoramic view out the back wind, uh, back camera. So when you're backing up, Mel, and you're trying to figure out what you're hitting as you're backing up. <laughs> I usually just do it by the sound of things. But you can fun. look in your side view mirrors. You can look in a standard rear view or you can flick the rear view and look and see this complete Why panoramic is, view. Is Why is it better than Tesla's camera when you back up? Is it it isn't. It's just different? It's in the, it's in it's the standard place. It's more heads up. No. It's in the standard place yeah. you'd look. So remember, Chevy, I think, is trying to appeal to the non-EV enthusiasts. They're trying to appeal to just Joe. And Joe just wants to look up at the rearview mirror. And Joe wants the knobbly bits. And Joe, you know, is wants a little gas. bit... <laughs> Joe's a little overweight and Joe needs to get in and out of the seat much more easily. And so that's who they're appealing to. Are there air conditioner vents in the back seat? No. Oh, my God. What is but wrong with two car US- companies? <laughs> there's two USB ports. Oh, great. That's what we need. That's good. You well, can no, have a little USB fan. That's helpful. Yeah. But air conditioning, a vent in the back seat. Why? What is wrong with car companies why do they do this i know it is common and it sometimes, is very frustrating sometimes with the people i drive around with i would rather there be an a exhaust vent <laughs> in the back seat are you talking about your children no no he's talking about people that walk up mount wilson <laughs> and don't shower are you talking about tesla club members what's happening there robert let's, i thought let's... no they all have their own teslas with air conditioning in the back how seat. many teslas uh, did you guys drive solo up mount wilson that's a good question <laughs> there was like almost 20 cars all driven by single people no they were they all full yeah they had people all right so uh, this Bolt is actually production-ready. Clean Technia has seen it out there. But it's interesting that you weren't allowed to drive it. Because do you remember when the Volt came out? You may not remember this. But so I'll remind you, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, right up to when they were actually selling it. Again, almost nobody had driven it. 
And the one time they did it on 60 Minutes where they're like, this new car, it's going to be great. It got stuck at the bottom of the hill and couldn't make it up. It was like they were tweaking this battery and this motor to the last second. And so that's why they didn't want anybody driving. You're thinking they don't have pencils down. I'm not sure that they're done with production. They're they so They're be. being so weird about not having car and motor and all these people use it. It's <laughs> a little weird. Motor. Well, they had at the CCS <laughs> in January, they had an operational bolt. And in fact, one of the Tesla guys, Jason, I think wrote in it. And there's a video of... Um, Tesla Roddy, I think it might have been Gene from Tesla Roddy or, or one of the, maybe it was electric, saw it and uh, drove around. And they had like pl- um, fabric covering the doors, fabric covering part of the dash. It looked really funky, but okay. Well, Wozniak's one, got one. Why? Mm. But, oh, yeah, let does, me just top it. One last thing one last. is if you Here look at go. the rear view mirror, yes. it's got this enormous housing behind it. Yes. I'll po- post this picture too. And in the enormous housing is one camera. But I wonder, are they going to be going towards automated driving by having the ability to expand this thing? Is there going to be a LiDAR in there? What's gonna, that thing Maybe is huge. Maybe that's for the Russian market. How do you see at their window? It takes yeah. up half the window. Yeah, it's pretty big. It's pretty big. But it's it massive. doesn't really – it's not that intrusive. I didn't feel so bad about it. And maybe it's the software that runs that, that wild 180-degree screen mirror. Yeah, that would I think take that's up kind like of a, a cool tenth thing. of that size. Anyway, my, my overall is that yes, if, if I overall. didn't have a Model 3 and I needed an electric car, I would buy this car. Well, you don't have a Model 3, but you don't need an electric car. So that's So I'm weird. saying if I don't own an electric car okay. and I really want something. Right now. And Model 3 is not available until 2018 no. sometime. Goodness. Like if you haven't yet put a reservation down, it's going to be 2019 at the earliest this is not. This is a good alternative. Look, I'm except for the fast charging, and I'm sorry, Mel. Right? Like, because the CCS is the least of all of the standards of quick charging well, as far as no, as far as actual installation installation ports somewhere. Right? There's not very many CCS ports. But did they talk quickly. about that? Two things. How big a battery is this thing got? It's got a thirty thirty five. Sorry, 60 kilowatt hour battery. So did they say it's going to go 212 miles EPA? Did they give you an actual number? They did. And how much? How far? Yeah, I think it was 220. I don't know the number. Is there an option for a bigger battery? No. That's it. That's all you get. Yeah. Thank you for playing. Dang it. So it's smaller than the S. Yes. It's got the same size battery as my S. So you would think it would weigh less. Yes. And it still has just about the same range as the 60 kilowatt hour. And do you know why that probably is? No. Because it is very aerodynamically poor. And they've said that. They wanted to have a functional car with a big inside that felt good, but it does not. It doesn't have the uh, drag coefficient of an S. It's way more Why should it be better turbulent. than any other American car? I just wish it's it not had American, the option right? of, a longer, of a bigger battery because I would go and get one. Well, I think all of these it car needs companies, to be about there's, miles, there's about a, but the S is, it's going to, what if it's, okay, S, yes. I'm sorry, Model 3, yes. Bolt, yes. 212, all things being equal, yeah. you can get one a year earlier. Yeah. You're not going to buy it? Uh, I'm not going to buy it because of the supercharger network. Thank you, Thank you as always, Tom, as always, about the supercharger network. Yeah, right now, you for this to be a real car that I need to drive around, I have to have a supercharger. A bolt, the CCS, like you said, there's only like three of them. Well, there's 300 in the country, but that's not very many. Yeah. Well, the question is when they can get the CCS network to charge up above 100 kilowatts per 
whatever rate, then then it might be better. But right now it's limited to like fifty kilowatt hour and, and how kilowatts. Long is that we I know we're gonna talk about charging next, but how fast would that make it get to an eighty percent charge? You know, so we always have to remember there's like this VIG, there's this variation in what you're going to – it depends on how good the voltage is at the source. It depends on who else is plugged in at the same time you are. But if you think that a supercharger can give you ideal 300 miles per hour at 125 kilowatts, 50 is going to give you about 125. I did that off the top of my An head. hour? So you're looking at maybe an hour and a half? Yeah. It's a long time now to wait. Well, sucking. we're going to get to the CCS stand in a second, but um, so that's an issue. I want a bigger battery, um, but uh, so you were asking about delivery. Yes. And so, so I pushed, when is this going to come? I pushed out? the, the head honcho there to give me a time. He says, "Well, fourth quarter." I said, "Oh, that's October." He says, "Well, not October." I said, "Well, when?" He says, "Well, by the end of the fourth quarter." I said, "So Christmas?" He says, "Well, yeah, that's probably right." Uh, December thirty first, <laughs> midnight. Yeah, at eleven fifty nine. We sold one, and so we got it out. I said, "Well, where is it going to be available first? He said, "Well, it's going to be in the carb states." So if you don't know, that's the California Air Resources Board. We set the standard in California for the the next. 13 states, which includes Arizona, welcome, America. Connecticut, Maine. So the reason I'm reading this list is this is where the car is going to be sold. Okay, Conne- Arizona, California, Connecticut, Maine, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington State, and Washington, D.C. But it's coming to California first. There's a mnemonic for that. I think it's Ozcot so Pop. that's still so many unanswered questions so close to the release of this car. It's kind of interesting. Although we do have a story here from the Woz. Steve Wozniak, founder of Apple, has a Model S, apparently has been driving this thing like the only guy in America that has access to this thing. And he says he's going to actually get a bolt over an S, or at least he's thinking about it. And his reason is this. Are you ready? He's Cause, a kook? Because I'm not a fancy car guy. No one, no one can hear that fan, Robert, in the background. I know. I'm just burning up what? in here. Robert has a plug-in What's that buzz, fan Mel? Can from, you get that out? from National Drive Electric Month Week uh, year at organization day. September 11th a day. He got it from that thing. Let me this turn on so the air cool. conditioner. <laughs> this is a great little fan. This was a giveaway to Do you anybody. not have your headphones on? I can hear it too, but I'm also sweating. And the water and my headphones are going to result in electrocution. Okay. He's spitzing. All right, so the wub's not going to get it. The Wobs? The Wobs. The Wobs? I like to call him Wobsy. Okay, Wozniak. Wozniak is not going to get... He wants a bolt because he thinks... He says, I'm not a fancy car guy. The S is really fancy and it's very expensive. The guy's worth a billion dollars, but he's like, I really like the bolt. Although... He may have been playing to the crowd because he didn't definitively say, I'm going to give up my S. Yeah. He didn't I, say I he was going to give up. I wonder if he also didn't say he was going to give up his Hummer. Does he have a Hummer as yeah. well? Oh, come on. Yeah. Elect- electric Hummer? Yeah, no. I, I'm pretty sure it's not an electric Hummer. Wozniak is a bit of a kook. We've all known that for him, a though. very long He's time. Kooky as but man. I love the guy. He speaks his mind. He owns a Hummer. But. He's going to have a bolt. Fine. Buy a bolt, Wozniak. You got money coming out your. <clears throat> Have your Tesla. He's got a shit ton of other cars, is my okay, guess. Okay, we've got uh, metric ton. you got your American ton. And you've got your... 
your shit tone. Thank you. That is correct. All right, let's Holy talk about shit. fast DC charging. We have not got to the top story. We're already How about five many hours, hours into this show. Going to be. Welcome to our Talking Tesla Marathon. <laughs> you know, we had somebody say in an email that uh, we're not going to do, but um, they said, this show is really silly. Uh, and uh, I'm not going to be a subscriber anymore. And I'm like, don't curse. That's the point of the show. <laughs> yeah. If We're you sorry. want non-silly, watch the BBC. All right, here we go. Uh, fast DC charging again. I did this a few uh, weeks ago, but I want to go over it again very quickly. In the wake of the bolt coming very soon, let's go over fast DC charging. First of all, at home, you do AC charging, alternating current. And then that goes into your battery and magically gets turned into DC for your battery. The fastest in-home charging in the U.S. is the Tesla charger. It's an anti-amp charger. It does about 60 miles of charge per hour if you have the dual charging system installed, which is not standard. It is an upgrade. And you might have to search for it on the website like an Easter egg. Yeah, sometimes they hide it like an Easter egg. Really fast charging needs uh, DC in the U.S., and you can't do that at home as far as I'm aware. You can only do this at commercial places. You can't say, hey, slap a supercharger of 120 kilowatts in my... Unless you live in a dam. But if one of our listeners grabs a couple of power packs, not the power wall, but the power packs, they could do it. I'm sure Mel. you can hack around this. Currently, there are 50 to 120-ish, because it's a little higher than that for the new Tesla charger, kilowatt DC chargers. And many EVs, but not all EVs, have this quick uh, DC charging port. So that's important. If you're about to go out and buy one of these cars, and you're thinking you can charge it really fast, make sure that it has fast DC charging, or you're going to max out at AC charging. And in most places, that is AC charging, which is half the rate of that 60 miles an hour. It maxes out around 30 miles an hour at home for most other cars. Yeah, I think we should have like a five-point rating system for how fast a charge people can get to give to make this simple, right? Because we throw out a lot of numbers, and I still, I don't know, six, seven years after starting to drive an electric car, I'm confused. Like 150, 120, 30, whatever. So we should have like a, you know, from red all the way to... I don't know, you say green maybe and, and different colors in between because fast, what is fast? Supercharger to me is fast, but it's all by itself. 125 kilowatt hour charge, 130 kilowatt hour charge. Not hour, kilowatt. Kilowatt, oh, sorry. Boy, we're oh trouble. my God. That's okay. <laughs> Robert, kilowatt hour is keeps storage. everybody awake. Right, yes, kilowatts. So 125 kilowatt rate is really fast, but Chatamo and CCS is 50. So that's not fast. That's the max on any Chatamo is 50. No, Chattamo... Depends on the car. Chattamo is a standard that goes higher than that, and the sure. new Chattamo could be 350 kilowatts. Right. But nobody's using but it. But nobody has one. It's not installed anywhere. And CCS is... Is it only 50? In no. its current form, it can be much faster it than that. It could be, but again... Just it like, doesn't exist. So just it, like the Tesla can have one charger on it and charge at a max when you plug into the wall charger at like 2830 an hour, miles per hour. If you had two, you could get up to maybe 60 miles per hour so that's dependent on what's in the car so if you're going out and shopping for an electric car you should ask specifically look for the data sheet how fast can this car charge because if it doesn't have an adequate charger and you're stuck charging at 12 miles per hour no matter what you plug into who the hell cares we're talking to you chevy volt we're talking to you 
So remember that uh, Tesla, theoretically, and this is an important point, can do 80% charge in 40 minutes, and in 10 minutes you can get about 50 miles. But again, as Robert's saying, all of these, for every car Tesla included, these are basically theoretical maximums. You're by yourself, the battery's empty, nobody else is on the supercharger network. It's it's next to to a power station. Yeah. All of these have different nozzles and different adapters, and it's not clear that you'll be able to adapt between all of these. Although right now, you can, on a Tesla, get adapters for Chatamo. We haven't seen a a CCS adapter yet, although... It's coming. It is coming. I I met a really interesting guy. Actually, the guy that, uh, Tom, you were talking to about converting your RAV to do Chatamo. He was there at the week, and he's an amazing wealth of knowledge. And uh, At the weekday? At the weekday. At the National Drive Electric Month week, uh, September 11th uh, event. Yeah, his name is... That lasted uh, a day. <laughs> or a few hours. His he, name is... We're waiting. Tony Williams. Tony Anthony. Williams. Anthony Williams. And so he's even come up with an adapter that goes from a Tesla high-powered wall connector to a J1772. So if you're at Explain a Tesla, again. a place with a Tesla destination charger installed, you could plug you in your electric car. You still car. can't use it at a supercharger. How fast does it charge? It depends on your car. Like we if just you had, had this conversation. It what do you, depends do you not on listen? your car. It depends on it's the car. very complicated, Tom. <laughs> and I'm very hot. <laughs> it's not cheap. It's going to be like 200 I'm going to I'm going to For that lie. adapter? For this adapter, it's going to be like $200 or something like that, but he makes them in San Diego. You know what would be cool is to take you've got a Tesla. You take your Tesla high-powered charger, you plug it into this adapter that makes it J1777, and then you put the <laughs> adapter from your J1777 back to Tesla and then plug it in and see what happens. Kaboom! Actually, everything that is, is pretty funny. Power Power <laughs> Electronics controls all of this. That's why you can't plug a supercharger into this adapter and then plug it into your Volt because it just won't work. If you want to know more about uh, fast DC charging, because it is confusing, then go to fleetkarma.com. They have a really great review. There is a link in the show notes. So I have a question for you, gentlemen. Go. We've, we've talked about fast charging a lot. Now there appears to be basically three options. CCS kind of came out of nowhere in the last few months. Maybe that's not really how it went down, but it feels that way, right? And as you say in here, there's 1,500 Chatamos, 20, 253 Tesla high-speed chargers, and 387 CCSs, although that number, the Tesla number has to be total. That's just like, stations. stations. That's not... not Nozzles, station. Plugs, so it could yeah. be, I think it's like 10 times that number. The real question is, in the long term, is the lack of a standard between these car companies going to be an issue or is it going to be solved by these these uh, adapters yeah. and stuff like that? And and, and so remember, w- that what do you guys think about that? I think a standard would be great. But remember that Tesla is now part of the CCS group. They're not one of the founding members. They're one of the less than founding members. But I think that you're going to have to see interoperability between them. And adapters is one way to do it. Just carry a lot of adapters. I remember when I had a car that ran on unleaded gas. And then they came out with – I'm sorry. with uh, It ran on leaded gas. And then they came out with cars that only ran on unleaded gas. And they changed the size – of the hole in which the nozzle went. So if you had leaded gas, it was a fat, fat nozzle. If you had unleaded gas, it was a thin nozzle. So the unleaded gas could fit in any car, uh, uh, or and you couldn't put leaded gas into an 
unleaded only car. And I remember yeah. that people were pissed off about this. Yeah. I mean, this was this is ancient history. And you as had far to pour lead go. additives at one point when they got rid of the leaded gas completely, and you still had an old car. People were pouring lead additive. That's great. They had yeah. to take there. a pencil and shove it in there. <laughs> it was weird. Let's That's get, not how that works. So it would again. be it will be nice when we can settle this all out. But I expect that it's not too hard to put an adapter between the car and have the adapter at the site where you just have three cords coming out of a of a of a charger station pick the cord for your car done do you ever envision and maybe this is a poll question i don't know do you ever envision a time where tesla opens the supercharger network up to other cars with an adapter as a pay-per-use situation i talked about this last week while you were flying back from I chile i hope not i Hope not. It's happening. Unless I they build bet it. it's happening. I mean, in, it would be good if they did that, but they need to build out the supercharger network. It's just, I have chest pain right now just thinking about that time. <laughs> All of these people, the proletariat coming around but with their other electric cars. About one, one additional car at the moment that would be able to take no, advantage of that. No, but then the i3 is going to want to come bolt. over and the Leaf's going to want to come over. All these But those cars are going to charge for like 11 minutes. Right. Like they're going to charge for an, in no Unless time at all. Unless they leave the no, car there for like two hours because yeah, they went yeah. to the movies but and they're nobody's dumbasses. nobody's driving their i3 at 80 miles a pop up the coast. Like that's not going to happen. That's they'll have to crazy hop, Yeah, they'll have to hop and hop it every, We had that every one exit. story of the guy who did his RAV4 up in the Monterey kind of area in a few well, hundred miles. I talked so. to Tony for a long time and he told me that he took uh, – he was on the first BC to BC rally in a Nissan Leaf. So that is – uh, Baja, California to British Columbia in a Nissan Leaf. Holy hell, that must have taken a long this time. Was, have to this was, every he said there miles. were only like three Chatamos on the way. He had three children. And two of them were locked during God. that trip. He left in 1932. <laughs> <laughs> Autonomous driving. Let's get to it for goodness oh, sake. Yes. First of all, I want to start with a Tesla Radi article, which has a Tesla with a LiDAR. And you know, uh, LiDAR is this uh, light emitting something radar thing that used to have a big Kentucky Fried Chicken box on the top. This Tesla that has been seen out in the wild has little tiny hockey pucks as LiDAR. So LiDAR apparently comes in different flavors. And I thought this was very interesting until, of course, Autopilot 2.0. So now let us talk about Autopilot 2.0. I don't understand anything about what he talked about. But in summary, he said this. This is Elon yesterday, Sunday. Came out with this uh, big blog post and he did a Q&A which said, look, uh, we've got all these sensors and radars and uh, we've got this autopilot and we've had a few failures, all right? We've had somebody die. We've had some failures. And the single biggest problem is that we're using visual data from these visual uh, cameras and we've got a little bit of radar. And then he says they've cracked it with software that they are now basically be able to change the system to much more radar-based than it is visual-based. And the upside to radar-based is that you can see through clouds and you can see through lots of things. And if you get the physics right and you do the math right, this will be significantly better than using optics. Unless you run over a Coke can. And then he did some stuff like trying to explain how difficult this is and how smart his engineers are. Because radar reflects off metal objects... If they're sort of curved at all, that can make a Coke can, the back of a Coke can, look like a giant truck. And if you're not careful, every time you're a Tesla using the system goes past a Coke can, it goes, oh, my God, it's a truck. But they say they've fixed all this. And further to that, they can improve this even more by having machine-based learning where everybody's cars talk together and it's big data and you crunch it and you take in human data. So every time they drive past the sign where the LiDAR, well, this new system goes, 
I don't know if that's a sign, a Coke can or a giant truck. Over time, the system learns nobody ever breaks when they see that thing. That's not a truck. That's a sign. So his point was he believes that they can make and have about to when they do this upgrade using any car with the current system, the current um, hardware significantly better. Like he was suggesting maybe fivefold better in some of the uh, comments he was making. I don't understand the physics. Discuss. It's lovely. I think this is great. It's really exciting to look inside the machine that makes that designs the sh- machine that makes the de- machine. <laughs> What? It's cool to see the the engineering and the thought process that goes on behind all of this. And so what I took from this was that this is a major paradigm shift. They were going from a system that was using pretty much just the camera to look at everything, to make a recognition in the software of what things are and how to behave with those things. And now he said, no, I'm going to change course we're not going to use the camera primarily we'll use the camera for like the speed and the signs you know speed signs the the other signs but we're going to use the radar which is down low right we were talking about how radar doesn't see everything up high as well we're going to use the radar to primarily drive the autonomous or the the augmented driving features and some of the cool things and so basically using that radar they can see through rain they can see through fog they can see at night the camera can't and uh, they're working around the the what do you call it the um, has it the, the ways that the radar does not work and and that's I think pretty impressive i don't think they're going to go with lidar even though we saw that puck on a car they're probably just playing around maybe looking at the next generation or two generations from now but it seems like a big uh, a, a big step that they've made they're working on like point clouds which i thought was really interesting i looked into point clouds and basically it's how many data points you can pick out of the field in front of you and how to pay attention to them that the radar refreshes 10 times a second so you can see how the points in the cloud are changing position and what they are where they are how to 3d predict. mapping of objects right so he talked about you know you're driving on a highway that dips under an overpass that's kind of a uh, an Goes Funny under way to say it. Overpass, yeah, yeah. It, well, the road dips, but before it dips, you're seeing the overpass or the sign on the overpass, and that looks like a big object. And do we do we break for that? Do we not? Do we are we going to put you at risk? And how many times does the fleet see that? And how does it react? How do you react? And we're going to update this over time until it's what disturbed me was ninety nine point nine nine percent accurate. I don't think that's quite accurate enough. But the interesting thing about it is that. Learning is happening even if your autopilot is not engaged. Right. It's going right? on. So it's learning. Like this car is is constantly pulling data even if it's not. It's like, what would I have done there? What would I have done there? What would I have done there? And returning that information. So that's where it got into what you mentioned where no cars are breaking under this overpass. That's a sign, not a big rig truck. You know what's good about that? What? You're not going to have to pay for your car to be connected to the 3G network because you could decide no. I'm not going to pay for that. I don't want maps. I'm going to go solo. I'm going to use my cell phone. But now, if you did that and you you logged out of their system, they lose your data. And they want as much data as they can to drive this project forward. So did we make that clear? Because Tom said it better than I did, but I'll summarize it again. So your car's not on autopilot. It's collecting all the data. You come to this situation that's very complicated for the car. It's dipping down, but it sees this sign ahead. Is that a sign or am I about to run into a truck? It looks at what Tom does. 
Tom's not breaking, Tom's not breaking, he goes down the dip. Oh, Tom's still alive, Tom's not dead. <laughs> Robert does the same thing. Mel does the same thing. A million people do the same thing. The car goes, ah, it that's not an object. In autopilot, it geolocates that particular spot and just says, that's not a braking situation. I have learned that. Yeah, so it's operating in a stealth mode, yeah. probably right now. And he suggested with all of this that, for example, uh, it's dense fog, it's late at night, you're driving really fast, a UFO comes and lands in the middle of the freeway. Humans are not going to see that. They're going to plow into the UFO. But the Tesla won't because it'll be able to see large object, don't know what it is, metallic, in the middle of road, better stop and you will live if you're on autopilot. So, so obviously Tesla is working on intergalactic peaceful relations <laughs> <Sure>. with <laughs> Tesla And this, space. remember, is all with the current technology. We already know. From 2014. If your car was built in 20, at some point in 2014, all of this hardware was put in it, and they've been monitoring it. After I don't know October, what. I think it was, because yes, I sir. bought mine in June, and I don't have it. Now, yeah. if you go to the Tesla blog, I put it in the show notes, this is very well explained, also with a list of what the sort of upgrades are in, in 8.0 and in the last bullet point is my favorite where it goes to a list of like we're doing this we're doing this we're doing this and then oh. it says approximately 200 small enhancements that aren't worth a bullet point yeah. i really love it when elon writes like that i think it's just so classic I, so this is all going to get activated during when we get version 8.0 of the software or right? 8.1 because he talks about it being in two stages 8.0 and 8.1 and uh i've 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 heard about 8.0, it's going to probably rankle a few people because they're going to even more flat uh, symbols. Oh, yeah. And it's going to look very different. It's going to be another, another like, design version. People but, hated it when Apple did that. Yeah. Remember that? Right. Oh, right. my God. Hated right. it. Well, I feel bad for all of the programmers and the engineers and the thoughtful people who contributed to 8.0 because there are lots of them out there. Lots of Tesla drivers are running the software right now, but they're all sworn to secrecy and death if they should reveal any part of it. But I'm hoping for one thing in 8.0 that he didn't put in the bullet list. Go. I want to be able to tap the temperature on the screen and it come up with a weather forecast for where i'm at and where i'm going or the route something ingenious so i know should i take an umbrella or is it should i bring a jacket there's a couple of things i want so before we get there one of the things he did say which is i was complaining about a few weeks ago in the x this particular situation and i think and you'll tell me if i'm wrong that they fix it with this new radar I can see the car in front of me, and Tesla right now, Autopilot can see the car in front of me very well. Thank you very much. But I can see the car in front of that car is stopping, but my Tesla currently Autopilot can't. He's saying that they are now going to be able to bounce the radar underneath the car in front of you and see the car in front of it. So if that car starts to brake, it will start to brake before the person in front of you is. So it can now look underneath the car at the cars in front, which well, is spectacular. It'll start to anticipate that, right? I don't know that it's going to actually brake if that car slows down. I mean, that would be obviously an ideal situation. Yeah, but that's what I do as a human. I see that that car right. in front of that car is slowing down. The dude right. in front of me hasn't worked it out yet. I'm slowing down so I don't crash into him, even if he's going to crash into the car in front of him. So I drove autopilot. For about 20 miles in the last week. You in, turned in the, on the rental. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> I turned it on. <laughs> and honestly, it doesn't, 
it's not comfortable the for me like because I only did it for a short amount of time like when it decides to break at at red lights because there's a car in front of you that's not a com- comfortable slowing down distance and I mm-hmm. find it to be very abrupt I don't know if you have the same uh, I situation do. I in don't I love autopilot in dense traffic in LA it's perfect when you're doing that like that 10 15 mile stop and go I just turn on autopilot on the freeway on the freeway I do not like it at full speed on the freeway because I still think they need to tweak it for the same reason. You should be slowing down now. You should be slowing. Let me slow down here because I'm a very conservative driver because I've had a few crashes well, on just the freeway. You're teaching this like teenage driver how to drive and they're learning from your activity. But I do like this phrase when he says using the radar pulse signature and photon time of flight to distinguish the signal and still break even when trailing a car that is op- opaque to both vision and radar. Sounds magical. It sounds wonderful. Now, the other thing he said is that even if you don't have autopilot on, so you'll be safest when you're in autopilot mode and you're helping out and it's using its radar. But even if you don't have autopilot on and you're about to crash, the car is going to let you crash, but it's not going to let you kill yourself. It's basically the summary. It's like, I'm taking over here. There's a a giant thing here. I'm going to put the brakes on. Wait, wait, wait. wait, Time out. Autopilot's not on? Autopilot's not on, but the extra features that it has, it's going to say, Tom's obviously not seeing the giant UFO. I can't kill Tom. I'm going to put the brakes on even though we're not in autopilot So it has autonomous braking? It's going to add this to the autonomous braking safety features. Automatic braking will now amplify user braking in emergencies. And I wrote, like having Elon's foot on yours if you're not braking hard enough. So that is pretty cool. But he said you still might crash, but we'll put the brakes on so that you don't die in the crash. And that's nice. He's suggesting you should drive with autopilot on all the time. And in a couple of instances, I think uh, this addresses what people have been worried about, that you touch the wheel or you somehow disengage autopilot and you don't know it. And then you're going around a curve and the car goes off into a barrier, right? Now there's going to be augmented warnings to let the driver know, hey, doofus, you're out of autopilot. Get on the wheel. And also penalties, if you're driving in autopilot and not paying attention, they're going to turn that shit off on you. That's good. If you keep like uh, tapping it, yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. If if it gets angry at you, you have to pull over, park, yeah. and now it'll turn on again. Like if your hands aren't like on a the teenager. wheel or whatever. It That's is, awesome. Yeah. You got to pull yeah. over and you talk to your teenager. <laughs> I'm sure that I'm sure legal had a part in that one. Yeah. All right, let's keep moving here. But there's so much more to talk about this. But I think there'll be so much more when we. Get the software update, which should be in the next week or so. Lots of good links and information in the yep. show notes, so take a look at them. Um, and how well it works, will time will tell. Apple is tapping the brakes on self-driving. Um, just as a note, there's an article here that says that Apple is laying off, and this is one of those bogus articles, it's laying off dozens of people um, from its self-driving division, and so therefore it must be falling apart. But then it turns out we don't know anything about the Titan project. We don't know how many people work there. We believe that it's in the thousands. So they send a few people home early one day and they say, oh, my gosh, the whole thing's falling apart. What we know about the Apple self-driving project could be written on the back of a postage stamp. <laughs> we don't know that it's called Titan. We don't know that it exists. We don't know what they're doing. We don't know if it's a car. We don't know if it's software to sell to other people. We don't know anything about it. However, they got rid of a couple dozen people. Um, I think I'm okay with this. I think I'm okay with Apple deciding not to make a car also. I don't really understand what the hell they're doing My cell phone is so buggy that right now (laughs) I would not buy an Apple self-driving car because I'm ready to just chuck this thing. And I'm sure they're doing it so that I'll buy the seven bastards. Uh, mine's coming at the end of the week. Hmm. I don't know why I bought that phone, but I had to. Hey, Solar News, 
I just wanted to throw this in here. There's some false people at Stanford and newest, uh, UCSB that say that they have uh, created a very, very efficient solar panel by using some mirrors and some other crap, saying they can get as high as 30 to 40% efficiency. And all I can say is hurry the F up. But here is my problem. Little rant. I want more efficient panels. That would be good. Twice as efficient would be great. I need more panels on my house because I can't keep up with all the energy that I use in the house and now two electric cars. So I want more panels. I don't have any room. So I want a more efficient panel so it's smaller so that I can fit it on my roof. Slow There's down. That. Take a breath. There's that. <laughs> but here's the biggest issue. In the winter, I create about one-third as much energy as I do in the summer, just because the way the sun is and the days are less long. Really? You lose 66% of your production? Yeah, uh, you lose a huge amount. Maybe it's Must 50%, trees. but it's a lot. There's trees, trees and shadowing. There's a lot the of stuff going of on. the length of the height of the sun. There's and all the kinds days of trees. So that means if I wanted 100% replacement in the winter, I'm going to have to have a much bigger system. And that means in the summer, I'm going to create way more energy than I need This all comes back to a storage issue. We need better storage. I need to store like a little squirrel in the summer for the long winter months. Well, the house next door is for sale. Buy it, fill it with power packs and solar panels, and call it done. (laughs) You can have your own little power plant next door. That is a genius idea. (laughs) Well, there's, there's a new project going down in Australia they're thinking forward, of course, where they're going to use a gold mine that has two areas that are like they can fill with water, like reservoirs, but underground. They're like a thousand feet apart. And they're going to build solar panels on the site. They're going to pump the water. And the water's already there. They don't have to like steal water from anyone else. They're going to pump the water that's in the lower reservoir up to the higher reservoir during the day when they have solar power and let the water flow back down into the lower reservoir and make energy at night. And they're going to power like 27,000 homes. Of course, this is a prospectus and they want to raise money, but it's like the, it's an, a cool. defunct gold mine in, uh, in Australia. But this is interesting. This We Pretty talk cool. about night and day storage and stuff, and that's an easily solved problem. But season-to-season variation in uh, solar electricity is really difficult. If you have to have uh, so much more solar coverage to get it enough charge, to get enough energy for the day, you have to create these big storage arrays. How are we going to do this? It makes me anxious. And then you're going to have way too much energy in the summer if you do 100% solar. Well, for use it for carbon capture. Use your summer energy for carbon capture. But here, you know, I I just feel a little paranoid. I know we were talking about Uber a lot and we decided we're going to back off just a little bit. But I'm looking at this little solar panel from this company that you're telling us about. And isn't that the Uber symbol? It is too. I feel really uneasy. I'm feeling this (laughs) nausea. I'm feeling like there's some conspiracy with us. Can I just uh, talk about it for a second? Yesterday I used Uber twice. Uh, We had a wine tasting. And uh, by definition, you should not drive to a wine (laughs) tasting. That's true. Well, actually, by definition, you shouldn't be drinking wine during a wine tasting. But that's another story. That's... uh, That's ridiculous. It depends <laughs> if you're going to a wine tasting or a wine drinking. <laughs> right. But even if you're tasting and you're, you're swishing it around spit. and you spit it out, there's buckle absorption. Oh, you can still get hammered. Oh, my God. Will you stop? You absolutely. You're tasting 17,000 wines. You, you, know, absolutely. you know, yesterday, I yesterday <laughs> when I, I went and I drove the Kia Soul. Oh, yeah. And before you can drive any of these cars at these events, you have to give them your driver's license. You have to sign a disclaimer, which says, like, you know, here's access to my medical information and my checking account. Who knows what's in those things? But the Kia was the first one who had me blow into a breathalyzer. 
you buried this. He, Tell us he about drove the, the soul. soul. I did drive the soul, and in fact, at the I, I threw in the 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 bit that I wanted to do last week. It to the end of the notes. I'm sorry, it's you don't have it, Mel. But the Kia Soul kind of intrigued me. After Tom, you were talking about it. It's kind of like a nice large form factor. It looks like it could carry a lot of stuff. It's got you know, decent performance numbers. And so I decided to stand in line and, and, you know, it's kind of painful to do these test drives, but I did, I test drove the Kia Soul, the e-Golf. And, uh, I think that was it because the i3, I really wanted to test drive the i3, but guess what? It ran out of juice and they had no way to, you know, people were all standing around. They didn't bring the rack version of it. Interesting. No. Well, they had one of them, but still they were saying, they couldn't let it that go. That is so pathetic that you go to a drive electric a week, month, day on right. September 11th event <laughs> day, and you don't bring something yeah. to charge with because they have these portable solar arrays or with batteries. About, you could have brought one of those. How about bringing five or six cars instead of two cars? Whatever. So I drove the Kia Soul, and I really enjoyed it, except it's a tall car. So like, if you try and – it's nothing like the Tesla. Not that I would expect it to be, but if you put a bunch of batteries under your body towards the ground, you would expect it to be a little more well-rooted. But when you flick the wheel left and right, the whole thing rocks like a like a, a rowboat. And so and, – and the acceleration was kind of crappy, but it's nice that it's all electric and a lot of people liked it. But what really disturbed me the most about it was last week, or no, two weeks ago, Tom, you had a reference to hamsters. And I thought, what the hell? Hamsters? <laughs> I thought hamsters were in the Gigafactory. Why is Tom talking about hamsters with this Korean car? And then I realized when I stood in front of the car, because I asked everybody from Kia, what the hell is up? Why hamster? And then I looked at the car and I thought, it kind of looks like a hamster. If you're standing just to the side of the front of it, it's got kind of a hamster look to it. It's kind of bulbous up front with like, could be a nose. And so then I went I'm not online. Seeing it. Are you seeing a hamster in there? Well, I no, went but online I been drinking. <laughs> and I saw, and I saw the YouTubes of all of the hamster cartoon. They're I mean, nice, uh, huh? the yeah. ham, yeah, that, yeah. You like the, you like the black hamster dressed in the tight outfit. Yeah, I like all the hamsters. I think that's a good way to sell cars is with little tiny hamsters. So, so why Bio hamsters? I, I, I think it's really disturbing, this hamster fetish that I've developed. <laughs> yeah, stop it. <laughs> so uh, what's the summary in the Kia Soul? Uh, if I'm thinking about an electric car, about 100 miles uh, range, and I've got a lot of crap to carry around, would I I'd go look for at it? it? I would go for it. It's a nice little car. What uh, what charging does it use? Chatamo or CCS? It has Chatamo and it has J1772. Dual charging. So but, the question is, could you charge it at a Nissan dealer? Because they have all the Chatamo in the world, and I think you might have an issue there. So my friend went over the weekend. My friend Paul went to REI up in uh, up in the Chatsworth, and he drives a Nissan Leaf. And he thought he would be in in REI for a little while. So he's like, "Is there a charger in the neighborhood?" Right across from that REI is a Chevy dealer, mm-hmm. home of the Bolt, yes. home of the Volt. Yes. So he went in there, and he's like, "Hey." Could I get some charging? I'm in a Nissan. They're like, uh, we're not really even sure where the charger is. It right. might be out back. Right. Feel free to go look around. If there's a car plugged into it, go ahead and unplug it. And he went back there, and there was a car plugged in. He said it was kind of dirty. He was a little freaked out about it, but he plugged in anyways, and he left his phone number on it because right. he's a conscientious person. But it's weird how you go to a dealer like Chevy, who has one of the most popular plug-in cars, is about to have the first 200 mile plug-in car and the salesmen are like what 
<laughs> so I have a, I have yeah. a proposal. It's disturbing. Here's an idea that I think would make the world a lot easier for everybody to drive an electric car. I've been to car dealers as well. The Santa Monica Toyota dealer, right? We got a plug-in Prius. We plugged it in all the time when we'd go to Santa Monica, which meant we had to walk many blocks to get to where we were going and back. But it was worth it, right? We were driving clean. And so when I first took the Tesla there, it was as if I was like, Julian Assange entering the United States. <laughs> it was like the the SWAT team came out. No, you can't plug in here. I was like, wait, is this for electric car? No, only for a Toyota. I own a Toyota. No. And I was just miffed. So I think that for all these chargers, we should have a program in which the CARB, California Air Resources Board, with all their bundles of money they're spending on hydrogen, should, wow. sorry, Mel, should take like a grant and say, look, if you can show us, you know, we're going to install this little meter clamps onto your charger. How many miles of charge you've provided? We're going to give you back that money. Maybe even with a little bit more. I don't think it's about money for these people. I just think they just don't freaking understand yeah. the situation because they don't, they're not selling a lot of these cars. So there's no incentive for the salesman to learn about these cars right. and to care about these cars, right? right? They're just people that come in to buy a Volt. They know they're coming in to buy a Volt. They're buying that car. That's not. There's not a sales job in there, right? They're buying that job. No car it's, dealer is. No one's walking onto a lot and being like, "I'm going to buy a Chevy today." Is it going to be a Malibu or maybe a Bolt? And having the car dealer, the salesperson talk them into a vault because they just have no they don't have any idea what they're doing most of them is yeah. what it what it feels like to me they're not pushing that technology because it's not first off we both know it's not a profit driver for these companies at this point maybe we should create a little podcast for car dealers car salesmen i was thinking leave about them that. alone let's do letters first of all we're gonna do an audio letter ladies and gentlemen boys and girls we really like your audio letters the uh, audio recording that we have on the site do we still have it on the site it's gone thank god um it was kind of crappy so <laughs> i got a lot of shit for that by the way for so the lack of pre-testing so um send us your audio letters via uh, your android app or your ios app on just voice memo and uh, much better quality and uh cc's going to play with different versions of the on-site one but um since they're free guess what's also free crap and that's what they are so here is an audio letter that says hi guys my name is spencer i'm an engineering student from southern california and i am was listening to episode 48 elon grox mel and uh, about 20 minutes in you guys are talking about hybrids and why they're inefficient and for me Listening to that, I think Tom brought up a really good point that the Chevy Volt is actually pretty efficient because it's a plug-in. And then Mel goes on to say that there's two ways to look at it. Either you're carrying around all this extra gasoline stuff for miles you don't use, or most of the time you're using those electric miles, so it doesn't make a difference. But I basically wanted to bring up the point that is when you're driving a Tesla, most 90% of people who have a Tesla most of the time don't drive more than about 40 miles a day or whatever the statistic is, and you're carrying around 100 kilowatts of battery, which weighs a lot more than a gasoline engine, a small gasoline generator that, say, the Chevy Volt uses. So honestly, miles per kilowatt hour, the Chevy Volt is much better than a Tesla. If you look at the numbers, it's it's pretty convincing, and it's a lot cheaper as well. And I'm, I'm very pro-EV, and I, I like Teslas a lot. But what, what do you guys think is the magic number there for um, the kilowatt hours in a battery pack? Should it be a smaller battery pack and then have a generator because it is more efficient that way? Or should it be 
a 200 mile range battery pack, which would be like what 50 kilowatt hours, or is the 100 kilowatt hours the right number? What What do you guys think? So, Tom, what do you think about that? This uh, gentleman was saying, "You're right. Maybe it's not inefficient to carry around a gas engine because you're already carrying around a giant battery you don't use most of the time anyway." Right. I. I think he made a good point, to be completely honest with you. And the best point that he made was that I made a good point. And I think everybody's happy <laughs> when people recognize that I made a good point. I tried to find the most efficient car. And the one, if I just use EMPG, which is the American standard by which you know you work at the miles per gallon, it looks like the Leaf in the States right now is the most efficient car. So if you're like, I just want the most efficient car that will go the furthest on the least amount of energy that you can put into it, looks like the Leaf is the best Not one the right Mitsubishi. now. Not the Mitsubishi. Or the i3. The i3 might be just as good, so it's hard so to So you don't it. know. So, I mean, it's one of those two. A lot of people who drove the i3 were really happy with it. They liked the feel of it. Yeah. Yeah. I've driven the i3 a couple of times when it first came out. It is a zippy car. The only problem I have with the i3, Tom, is the doors. <laughs> so you got your Tesla Model X, which has the gull wing and a smash on top of the head doors. Uh-huh. And the i3 has these suicide doors which open backwards. And the only way to get in the back seat is you've got to open the front door and then you can open the back door. I don't like it. You have a door issues. I've got problems. Here's a letter from Lee Long Yi. <laughs> Lee? Don't can we just start that over again? Long Yi. He just ordered a Model X and uh, he says he wants to give us a referral. Thank you. Who's going to take it? I want it. Do you want it? I want it. Let's arm wrestle. Oh, dang, I'm going to lose. I mean, I have an account, so I guess all three of us. How about if you take it? How about this, Mel? You take it and give me and Robert $333 each. No. Okay, <laughs> this is what we need to do. Check this out. One of the guys at the Drive Electric Week made a car. Eric made a card, and it's got all this stuff on it with his code. Oh. And he handed it out. We all we were all talking to this one guy who was, like, getting more and more excited. We were going to give him a drive, and everything went. And, yeah, I said, here, take my key and go to my car. And then I thought... Oh, shit. What if he drives away? <laughs> I was like, oh, this is bad. I'm getting out my app so I can turn off the car. But he was a really nice guy. He gets, he walks up, and of course, the, the handles present. And I saw the smile on his face, and I thought, I just sold a Tesla. And then Eric gave him this freaking card, and now I'm out of jacket. Yeah, I've got another friend who's buying Sorry. one. So, yeah. you know, I could have two of these if you would let me have them. Here's you what can we're going to do. It. We're going to flip a coin. We're going to see who gets it. Hey, James. Jazerski. Wait, wait, wait. Well, J- let's flip the Zersky. coin. Jazerski. Do you have a coin? Do you have a coin? No. I, I only have a $40 bill. I don't carry anything a less. A $40 bill? I didn't carry anything less than a $100 note, Tom. I have a... I have wow. a uh, so this is the moment of the show where everybody proves that you guys are douchebags? Yeah. What the hell is uh, happening? Why, why would you have paper money? Come on. Wow. In denominations less than 100 It's ridiculous. <laughs> okay, next one. James Jazerski. He even yeah. put it in there so you could and say I still it can't appropriately. Do it. <laughs> Supercharger credit on Tesla's website before it was taken down. So, somebody want to talk about this? I saw a credit card error, and uh, I haven't re- pre-read this. So I don't know what the well, this is what I was talking about last week. Was <laughs> wow. that there were a couple of really savvy Tesla Model Three uh, buyers who went to their website to check and see what the status was, and they noticed there was a "Enter your credit card here," and there was a button for kilowatt hours so you could buy kilowatt hours on the supercharger network so this leads to the unbundling of supercharger cost from the purchase of a car so obviously we know that 
the supercharger is going to be an option in Model 3, or at least we're expecting that, pretty highly expecting that. And so if you don't choose that option, then you're going to go on a trip. You better buy some supercharger credits. You can probably do it from your car, your phone, your laptop at home, at work. But you can put in, I don't know what it's going to be, 14 cents, 17 cents, 20 cents for a kilowatt hour. No, a kilowatt. My bad. Careful. Because it's only if you charge for an hour that you get a kilowatt hour. That is correct. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so you can put in, you know, I want 40 kilowatts or I'm going to go on a trip and it's going to take me 200 kilowatts to get to my destination. Actually, it's kilowatt hours because it's a measure of um, energy. Energy. So um, you charge at charge. a kilowatt. I want to buy 80 kilowatt hours for my car. That makes better sense. And it Thank doesn't you. take 80 hours to load a Tesla. No. Unless you but, drive it to zero mark. I don't know. I but feel the like point we is still do not have a by. grasp of this piece <laughs> no, of fundamental concept of physics. <laughs> so I, I went back and I figured out last week, I figured out how much does it cost for, uh, how much are we paying for when we buy staggering. a Model S? This was staggering. Yeah, like 54,000 miles of supercharging paid for in advance when you buy a Model S or an X right now. That's ridiculous. Ridiculous, Mel. You're not driving 55,000 miles using the supercharger. You're not even Depends close. how long I keep it for. I've done 37,000 yeah. miles, and I'll not have 10%, of it's, on, 10% no. of it's supercharging, Ooh, maybe. 3,700 so miles, so I'm you only feeling, have another 52,000 miles to go. <laughs> I'm feeling guilty for like driving to the supercharger a mile from my house to fill up my car if I As need to go should. somewhere quickly. Well, hey, if I'm not taking a spot from anyone else... How do you know you're not? Well, because they'd be lined up. <laughs> so if they were full and you didn't need to be there, you'd drive away. Yeah. Well, my time's worth money. <laughs> I don't no, want to sit there waiting. What if there was one spot left? Would you take it? If there's nobody waiting behind me, I'd be a good man. Yes. Tim James, uh, Australian. He uh, had this email last time and uh, he's re-emailing us because I didn't understand. Here is here. We, let's try this again. <laughs> My idea was related to the cost of upgrading from a P90D to 100D. Currently, it costs $20,000 for a 90D owner to upgrade to the 100-kilowatt battery. Um, Kilowatt-hour battery. Kilowatt-hour battery. <laughs> that wasn't my fault. 10000 of the battery and 10000 for recycling of the 90-kilowatt-hour battery. Instead of recycling the 90-kilowatt-hour share... The $10,000 recycling cost with a Model S owner that has a 40 or 60 kilowatt hour battery and recycle that one. This way, to upgrade from a 90 kilowatt hour battery to a 100 kilowatt hour battery would only cost 15000 and an upgrade from a 40 to a 90 would cost 5000 I still don't understand. Okay, so what he's saying is, uh, but the part of it that is uh, confusing. So if you bought a 90 recently yes and you wanted to put the 100 kilowatt hour battery in it yes that's twenty thousand dollars from tesla correct ridiculous and that and but if you just bought if you bought a car and it hasn't been delivered they're only charging you ten thousand so there's this extra ten thousand dollars of money out there somewhere that tesla is charging now this gentleman uh tim is claiming it's a recycling fee i'm not a hundred percent sure if it's a recycling fee or if it's what robert said two weeks ago please don't do this we do not want (laughs) to deal with this shit fee uh it could potentially be that however all that being said this is freaking genius because then what you maybe should do is be able to yeah, do what he said is put that in my car, put that 90 battery in my 60. I'll take that. Thank you very much. Um, and I'll pay $5,000 for the upgrade, although maybe that doesn't seem worth it. But that's what I want to know is why isn't Tesla offering people with 60s 
any kind of battery upgrades? That is a good question. I still don't understand the math. Thank you very much, Tim. I had a brain injury as a small child. The effects are still You don't understand this? I don't understand why you don't understand this. Uh, Either do I, so we're moving on. Chris Johnson just listened to episode 38, The Accelerator is Not a Break. Now, this is really important, and uh, he says, you know, it's a long email, but basically it's really easy for people to not know if they've got their foot on the accelerator or on the brake, and we've seen this with Teslas. I want to tell you about something that explains this so well. I want you to go and listen to the best podcast besides Talking Tesla in the world. It's called Revisionist History. It's by Malcolm Gladwell. Listen to Blame Game. And it is all about what happened with the Toyota acceleration incidents. And it goes through the psychology of what's really going on there, which is when you press your foot on the accelerator and you get confused, it's really easy as a human being to not realize that your foot is on the accelerator and not the brake. But that's kind of not what he's talking about a little bit in this letter, right? What he's talking about is because Tesla has regenerative braking, right? You're you're about to go to uh, a, an intersection where the light is turning red, and you sort of instead so of you're moving, rolling to a stop, right? Instead of moving your foot to the brake, which is a natural thing to do, you just release your foot off the gas pedal, and that in a sense starts the braking process. It doesn't in a start, Tesla in a Tesla, yes. correct? And so what he's saying is then you get to the point where you have to do that last little bit of stopping. And because of the technology of regenerative braking, you haven't yet moved your, your, your foot away from the gas pedal to the brake. And that's where the confusion lies, very specifically to the Tesla because of regenerative braking. Although the RAV4 EV has the same regenerative I3 braking situation, right? The i3 has the same situation. So it does make sense because now if you're driving a regular ICE car and you're coming up to an intersection, you, as soon as you take your foot off the gas, you're not getting that engine braking, typically, right. unless you're in a manual car and you're actually engine braking. You move your foot over to the left. Yes. And that's, in essence, it's a new way to think about driving, and, and people aren't, can, aren't comfortable with it yet, and that's where the confusion lies. That was a very good explanation. But also, go and listen to Revisionist History, because it is a fantastic one, because it actually could save your life. And here's the important point. If you get confused and you're old and you put your foot on the accelerator and you're going faster and faster, stop for a millisecond. Take your foot off and move it over to the left and put it on the brake. Can we please have autonomous driving sooner? Sam Holford. Holford? Is that right? Really? How are you having a hard time with that Because as a small child, (laughs) I had a head injury. Okay? I don't want to talk about it. There were sheep and kangaroos involved. Sam Holford sent us a message and here it is. This is Sam from New Zealand. Love the show. Keep it long. Don't change a thing. And keep yelling electric! So, he's thank New you, Zealand, is he not? New Zealand. Oh. Wow, now you're going to piss a Jeez. lot of people off. Oh, wow. Are there any Teslas in New Zealand is my question. That's a good question. There is in Australia. There must but, be one. Uh, New Zealand? There must be one. There's one in Santiago, Chile. Is there? One. Uno. One. Wow. One. Hey, Sam, I agree it? with you. you I'm going to keep saying no. electric! Even though there's a couple other people today. <laughs> You should stop doing that. Now, here's the next one. John Coxtosen, student. Coxtosen. <laughs> John Coxtosen. And seriously, what the hell is this guy doing sending us a letter? And then he's Robert, Scottish, Scottish Ro- Romanian, right? Ro- yeah, he's, no, he's Dutch Romanian. And then Robert kind of broke the broke the the, the code, the, the code, code <laughs> that this is a reference from the movie Fletch. Very nicely movie. done. Very nicely movie. done. But That's what if I it's said. not? Now you're going to make him feel bad that his name is actually just a reference no. from no, a I think bad he was Chevy act- Chase no. movie. He was actually, it, it could be a, a veiled uh, insult. Could be a veiled insult to me because Fletch at one point goes into a hospital, looks for medical records, right? Fletch is Chevy Chase, who's a private dick. 
and he's really a dick. And so he goes into the hospital looking for medical records. I forgot who he was looking for, but he's faking being a doctor and he's throwing his file folders around and he's got his stethoscope in his ears and he's trying to talk to the nurse. And the nurse is like, doctor who? And he had just looked at the doctor register, you know, that lists all the doctor names and it's Dr. Rosenblum, Rosenbaum, Rosen this, Rosen that. She goes, doctor, what's your name? Doctor? Dr. Rosen penis. <laughs> so, you know, at first I thought, wow, I'm Dr. Rosen penis and, and, and Cocktosin's image of me. And now I don't really like that. I think that's funny. We're going to call you Dr. Rosen penis from now on. Look, he says, we know that Robert's a doctor. We know that Mel's a doctor, but he doesn't know who Tom is. Is he a secret agent? Is he a CIA analyst? Is he a butcher, a baker, or a candlestick maker? Tom, who are you? What are you? I am a producer of fine medical education for Hippo Education LLC. If you're a doctor, a nurse, a PA, any of those things, go check it out. We make the best darn education in the world. That's what we do. Hippo, like the animal hippo? No, like Hippocrates. Oh, oh I was that wondering. Guy. I was wondering what a hippo with a large arse has to do with education. No, I get in a lot of trouble by buying hippos, little hippos, because it's much easier to find hippos all over the place, and they're much cuter than pictures of Hippocrates to put around the office. Chod, uh, Chad, Chod, Chod Oliveri <laughs> uh, says we should start a Patreon project. So. We are going to do that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We're working on it now. CC, our producer, is sitting over in the corner who's just so sick of us talking and wish the show would end. <laughs> is going to set up not a, the only one. Is set up a Patreon project where you can give us a buck or two a month or 10 or 20 and we'll give you extra special things for people who go in at the higher level. We're just working that out now. But thank you for those people who are really trying to support the show. We think that this is going to be a method by which we can get you extra special loveliness. And uh, chocolatey goodliness, and uh, it'll be good. Now, uh, Nifeth, Nia, Nineth. I was trying to figure out: is this Adam? Is this Adam? Has a Nifadam says he is going to unsubscribe because we are silly and we screen things like electric. But he wanted to let us know that he was going to unsubscribe. I really loved the show. Just wanted you to know. Just wanted to know that the only part he loves about the show is the facts. Is there any other part to the show? The show uh, is... Facts? Facts-ish. They're fact-esque. They're fact-esque. <laughs> I have another podcast, and it's for doctors, and it's very successful. But every now and then I get the same email, which is, you know, I really love the show, but if you could just cut out all the jokes, that'd be great. I'm like, that's the show. <laughs> yeah. The content versus the show out, this would be a very short, very boring show produced by the BBC. So we're going to miss you. This is what I'm going to say to this lovely ex-listener of ours. We're going to miss you. I'm not 100% sure if this is a serious email or if he just wanted us to read his email. But if you are serious, keep listening. Send us some confirmation emails that you really are going to stop listening. Every week. We, we want, want a confirmation every, every week that you've stopped listening. We want listening. to know that you've stopped listening. If you just want facts, then go to the Plug in America podcast. It's It's... I'll it's fact-based. It's, uh, it's fact-based. Fact I'll stop there. Let's just leave it right there. <laughs> Tom, how about you do the next uh, letter because you spent a lot of time thinking about this one. Go. So this is from Eric Kessler. No, and that's not how you say it. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it is. <laughs> He's a subscriber to our Talking Tesla podcast, and he loves it, and he has a win-win idea for EVs and the environment. The United States Postal Service has hit its $15 billion in debt limit. I'm not sure how that's pertinent to any that's of this. That's half as much as Pablo Escobar <laughs> has made. And he's saying 
Those stupid white noisy box trucks appear to be gas powered, and they are. The post office owns zero electric vehicles from from all of the information that I could gather. So he's saying let's replace two hundred thousand of those. Wow! With that's a lot of cars. Yeah, a lot of whatever those things are. Tesla, on, Tesla could maybe do that in six months. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on the Model X platform, not for for twenty grand. So he's saying to replace that entire fleet, and if they replace that entire fleet, even with twenty thousand dollar vehicles. 200,000 and they could find somebody to sell them. They don't Nissan have to go Leafs. far. They know they're I don't know route. the answer to that, but they have yeah. to carry a lot, right? There's a lot of weight in some of those cars is my guess. And, you know, some of these these are the non-rural postal guys, right? Obviously, most of them could fit this. That would be 4 billion dollars, but it looks like the post office spends a billion dollars a year just in fuel and they don't You know how they get their fuel? The how? local carriers have a fleet card, and they just go to like uh, the Shell station, and they fill up. There's not; they don't have pumps in the gas stations. They're not filling up in the evening. It's right. the, the carrier's responsibility. They're paying full retail price. I think they're probably getting a little bit of a deal, and who knows how many fuel points they have when they go to Ralph's? They probably get everything for free. I mean, I don't know what the right. the postmaster general is doing with all those points. Maybe he's going to postal conferences. In Maybe Aruba. he says you can buy gas and Red Bull. Or five-hour energy. But there's a lot of information out there about these U.S. Postal uh, Fleet. I think that's pretty interesting. The fleet that they currently have is reaching its limit right now. It's 20-year, 25-year lifespan. Yeah, my postman got a new truck. He's got a new truck. And they're planning on replacing these cars, but they're not planning on replacing them with electric. But how do we get them to do that? Does anybody have any idea? Yeah, I have an idea that the postal service is actually going to close down next week anyway. So uh, (laughs) this is all a big point. Um, The most important part of this uh, letter, though, is that – that uh, Eric's son is an ER doc. And my partner. And a partner at your group? Yeah, he's partner at CEP. Well, and, there you uh, go. Elaine Nelson's his medical director. She's awesome. And so that's the most important And thing. so what this reminded me was my discussion with some of the guys from the LAPD at the National Drive Electric Week event in Los Angeles. <laughs> day, September 11th <laughs> thing. And so they once again had their LAPD i3 and Model S on display. You know, isn't that great? Model S as a as a patrol car, and so we talked, and it turns out that they're really seriously considering the Model Three to make a patrol car. I think that would it's be- got space. Sweet. They, they've already hacked much of the electronic. This is not official, but I remember last year they were talking about hacking in to the electronics so that they could use the 17 inch touchscreen instead of having to install a separate computer yeah. and all the wiring stuff. And it sounds like they can do that. And so they're working really closely with Tesla, though they have a non disclosure agreement, so he couldn't really give me any useful information but he told me something like they have 1400 vehicles in los angeles and they pump millions of gallons of gas and they're just looking to cut their cost and have a car that doesn't need as much maintenance and somebody's actually come to them with the concept of taking ford fusions and have a battery swap what an idea so they could quick swap batteries It'd right. be they fun build to watch their own swap on site. It'd be yeah. fun to watch a high speed chase down the freeway and it's going and it's oh they can't catch them. It's a hundred miles, it's hundred it's two hundred miles. I was gonna have to stop for a second to go to the supercharger and plug in for a minute. That'd be logistics. Funny. They just That's have, have like a car. Have another show up. Helicopter yeah. gunships. It's not possible. Hey, before we finish this, uh Cece has just sent us this very important note. We were wondering if there is any Teslas in New Zealand, and it turns out there's this guy, and his name is Stephen West, who imported New Zealand's first Tesla Roadster and Model S. And also a P85D. 
Uh, well, that's the Model S. What a stud. So he's trying to move it forward because apparently in New Zealand they have a lot of sheep, they have a lot of cows, but they don't have a lot of uh, infrastructure for electric driving. So good week. Good uh, job, Steve West. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, oh, for God's sake, make it end. His name is Tom Robert Mel. Over in the corner there is Cece. We're going to end this thing. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> It's not my fault. They wouldn't shut up. I tried, but they wouldn't. We could cut out your rants and save about 30 minutes on the episode. It's the only good part of the show. It's interesting how you think it's our fault. And the funny thing is, when I saw the document, I was like, well, this is going to be a quick show. I know. I was thinking that. (laughs) Just we'll knock this out 30, 40 minutes, no problem. What the hell happened to us? Uh, No wonder people hate this show. Patreon's not going to work because... What's left to say? There's <laughs> nothing left oh, to say. Oh, come on. We could do this for literally hours. We could do like a Jerry's, yeah, Jerry's Kids You guys would have to give up your golf dates. That's I, not I don't happen. play golf right now because of my, my morning children situation. So, oh. But here, one last thing. Let's leave it with oh, this. Oh, yeah, let's I'm make sorry. it go longer. No, please, go. go. <laughs> okay. Call it the National Drive Electric Week kickoff event. It, and then you're done. It's the National Drive Electric Week Day, September 11th, uh, organizational event. Hey, so since this show is going to drop sometime and Tuesday, Wednesday. swag, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you got some swag. So there's going to be the Alt Expo at Santa Monica at the Civic Auditorium there. It's going to be Friday and Saturday. They're going to be showing off a lot of hydrogen vehicles there. Ooh, we're not I going know. to that. But they're also going to have EVs, and they're going to have a talking panel. They're going to show who killed the electric car. The director, Chris Payne, is going to be there. They're going to talk about all sorts of versions of how do the the municipalities and the utilities incorporate electric vehicles. I've paid my $65. I'm going to go. When are they going to invite us to be on a panel, a live panel at one of these uh, things? Because it turns out their panels are only 18 hours long. And we, <laughs> we couldn't fit anything. Let's end this thing. <laughs>